0: Hi, I'm Christy Chadwick, Energy Healing, Yoga Moving, Deaf Educating, Essential Oil Using, Mental Wellness Promoting, and Self-Awareness Bringer. Allow me to explain. Since I was little, I would say to my family, I want to know everything about everything. Well, I may not know it all, and I may not have all the answers, but I sure do make an effort to gather experiences, tools, practices, and knowledge. And that's what this is all about. I'm here to share in my own voice about my experiences with healing arts, education, spirituality, and self-awareness. Welcome, a Mai, to the Inward Motion Podcast, the place where we focus on inner healing, inner growth, and inner knowing. Each episode covers a range of topics like mindfulness, mental health, essential oils, energy healing, and more. Speaking of essential oils, I am offering my free everyday healthy habit kit. It is the perfect way to see how essential oils can make your days healthier and happier. Visit the link in the show notes to receive yours in your inbox. Okay, here we go. On to the episode. All right. Today I am joined by Hawaii Therapeutic Partners. We get the uh, opportunity to talk about something near and dear to my heart that I've been studying for the last few years, marriage and family therapy. So here they are, Colin, Daniel, and Micah. I'd love for you guys to introduce yourselves and uh, just speak about your experience as an MFT real briefly. So Colin, go ahead and start us.
1: Uh, So my name is Colin. I'm a pre-licensed married family therapist. Um, My experience started with uh, Chaminade where I got my master's degree. Um, I have a background in working with victims of domestic violence, working with uh, teenage youth um, that have been offenders in the state of Hawaii. Um, I also have some uh, experience working with children that have been sexual abuse victims. I just really like, in general, working with uh, kids and families, and that's what got me into marriage and family therapy, is I just really saw it as working with the system rather than just the individual or trying to uh, help all parts better functioning rather than just one. Yeah.
0: Mm, very nice. Yeah, thank you. The systemic stuff around MFT is, is a highlight for me as well. Yeah. All right, Micah, go ahead. Your, introduce yourself.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Micah Kobayashi. Um, I, like Colin and Daniel, um, I'm a pre-licensed MFT um, at HGP, Hawaii Therapeutic Partners. Um, My background, um, I have a little bit of experience working with um, kids that were sexually abused as well as um, offenders. Uh, This was at my internship with Catholic Charities. Um, And then I also have experience at two different agencies working with um, adolescents and within the school system. And, you know, as Colin mentioned, um, the systemic perspective, you know, what really ties MFT um, and the work that we do and makes it different from, you know, the work that um, other mental health professionals do is really that systemic perspective and kind of, you know, looking at the child, but also the family and also the other parts um, of the family as well. So that's my experience.
0: Amazing. Yeah, we can do so much when we can look at all the parts. So cool. Yeah. All right, Daniel, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Um, <clears throat> my name is Daniel Chow. I'm uh, also a pre-licensed American Family Therapist here, um, and I'm not gonna try to oversaturate it too much, but uh, we definitely do uh, like to think about everything that's going on in the system and relationships so much. So. Um, My background uh, works a little bit with kind of focusing on men, um, both with uh, substance abuse issues and um, domestic violence uh, issues, and then also a little bit with um, kids in the school system, too. Um, Yeah, just really looking forward to affecting change in all those families and systems as well.
0: Mm, very nice. I love to know the why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we work with families? Why did we go to school to get this degree? Why did we go forward and and create this organization, right? So do you guys have a, a why behind HTP and why you decided to even call it HTP or why you wanted to gather up together the three of you and create HTP? Like what was that journey to get into um, where you are now?
1: Uh, I'll start with that answer. Um, So I, for me personally, I've always wanted to work in a private practice setting where I have more um, free range to really do the work that I like to do. Um, And I met Daniel and Michael, we both went in the same program at Chaminade and graduated together and they had that same interest in wanting to build a business. Um, and I think the reason, you know, a lot of times you don't see prior practices that are partnerships is often individuals. Um, and for us, we, we saw that, you know, we work in a system, so why not form our own system that we work together in? And we really value the opportunity to thrive off of each other um, and consulting about questions we have, um, helping with, you uh, any, any, anyone else that's out there. So that's part of our other work is trying to help other therapists out there. But yeah, we definitely saw that value in, in working in the system. Um, and that's why, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of add um, a big a big part of it is uh, right, like Khan said, being able to work with each other. Um, but I think with especially during this time. Um, We basically graduated right as um, COVID and the pandemic kind of began. Um, We really kind of felt a need for there to be uh, more help for people in the community. Um, So that was definitely something that we uh, thought about and brought into
2: how we set things up.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And as Daniel mentioned, you know, we did see the need and Um, for all three of us, I think we kind of gravitate more towards um, working with people. So, you know, the three different um, ways that people kind of follow their career paths is, you know, working with people, data, or things. And, you know, for us three, I think we're all, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we're all kind of people people. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. like to work with people. And um, so that's kind of what gravitated us towards the field, or at least myself. And, um, you know, coming together with with these two gentlemen by my side um, and working on this practice has been, you know, a really good journey for us. And it's been um, something that we can all put our efforts into and know that, you know, what's coming out of it is, um, you know, quality work for the community and for um, all the families that we work with and, and individuals as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that connection is very important in our field and collaboration and I've loved so far as MFTs how we can support one another and and really um, bounce ideas off of each other and learn from one another. So and I've just from meeting you guys in the last you know four months really we've only known each other for a few months and I already feel this strong connection to you maybe because of our field and and I love that a lot. So thanks for sharing uh let's talk about mft and what is the difference between a marriage and family therapist how do they you know what is an marriage and family therapist maybe first of all and then how does that differ from other mental health credentials like a psychologist a psychiatrist mental health counselor uh maybe social worker how w- how would this differ right.
1: so I, i'll take that a little bit um I'm sure a lot of people when they hear the name American Family Therapist, they think it's only about right, couples or family issues. Um, but part of what what we're trying to do is educate more people too, um, that it's really more about taking that systemic perspective like we all talked about, right? Understanding the environment around, uh, around a person and how those, different pieces interact. Um, and even within the field of um, American Family Therapy, um, individual practitioners are gonna have their own uh, distinct kind of style and, um, and habits too. Um, and for the most part, American Family Therapists are focused on the, like um, right, kind of that talk therapy part of it um, sometimes, like, we've met some people that include, um, like, physical exercise as part of their practice, um, which, of course, we thought was really interesting and great. Um, but, yeah, we're really focused on that holistic view. Um, and within that um, kind of comparison, I guess, to the other professionals, um just as some kind of background knowledge, right? Psychiatrists are focused more on uh, medication and prescription. Um, Definitely important for certain um, concerns. Um, And other psychologists and like mental health counselors or uh, clinical social workers, right? They all kind of have their own way of um, handling the therapy or, That that
0: interaction with with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and the way you talked about people that we as MFTs are looking at the the interactions. We're looking at the space between. We're we're looking at the relational, not only between a couple or a family. It's it's not about marriage and family. It's about the whole the whole system. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on the differences or um, defining an MFT? I think Daniel wrapped that up
2: really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think
1: it, it really comes out to the system and really um, helping to see that it's a working, all working parts, not just one person by themselves. So that's what we you done. that's what kind of got us into
0: this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And typically, my listeners are going to be more from the standpoint of like a client and being uh, perhaps right. either experienced therapy or haven't experienced therapy, interested in therapy and holistic approaches. So like Daniel, when you mentioned holistic approaches and how there are different ways to practice therapy, regardless of your credentials or, or studies or, or anything, but, um, your holistic approach with HTP, what does that look like to you guys?
1: Yeah, I go ahead um, Yeah, it's, I think it's kind of um, right. each of us are actually gonna have slightly different answers, but um, right, for for me, part of it is um, making sure to include uh, those other parts kind of around uh, the people that we're working with. So um, something that we try to use is uh, a release of information form which is basically getting permission from the client to uh, contact or share information with somebody who is not in therapy. Um, And The reason why we use that form is because normally everything between the therapist and client is sent private. Um, And having that permission to share and work with uh, everybody else can help to uh, yeah, it can really help
2: to coordinate what we're doing. Um, for me personally, too, working with clients, um, you know, as Colin mentioned and Daniel mentioned, you know, we all have a slightly different um, theory or kind of viewpoint in which we, you know, see clients and, and how we work with clients. Um, and for me personally, um, from that marriage and, and family, um, overarching uh, umbrella, I guess you can say, um, I tend to focus a little bit more on the attachments, and I think that as well. Um, so that's kind of the relationships that um, clients have with their, you know, significant others, with their friends, with their coworkers, with their family members, and kind of honing in on that and seeing what patterns you can see and, and what kind of, um, how they are uh, relating to these people and how they are um, either securely attached, you say, in the field, or, you know, insecurely attached, um, anxiously attached, things like that. Um, so kind of focusing on those relationships. And, and it, you know, it starts from childhood and, and you know, works your way up to adulthood, but it's kind of focusing on those kind of uh, interactions and relationships with the people that are close in your life or in your social circle.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, would, I was going to say, I think again, yeah, like I said, so I'll keep it really quick. But um, I think something that I really value about our practice and what we kind of really came together around, um, and I think that MFT really came together around is that um, we're not the end all for, for help. And I think that's what really makes it special. Is um, something that we really value is meeting the client at where they're at, and definitely taking into perspective that there's other services out there to help people. So working with you know with other providers, social workers, psychologists. Um, psychiatrists, a uh, client working with them, um, but also looking at the outside picture. Like Daniel said, there's therapists that have those skills to um, incorporate maybe more physicality or meditation. Um, I know Chrissy, you do great work with, with uh, essential oils and um, meditate and meditation. And so um, really considering that there's there's more than just one answer to help clients, whether it's hooking them up with a the massage therapist, um, getting them into Zumba uh, class just like and do some some movement to, to get the blood flowing in the brain brain thinking so uh i think that must makes us really special as NFTs and also in our practices that we, we look at there's more than one option to help clients it's not just about the therapy itself
0: mm-hmm. well, yeah great answers i can see why you all work so well together um because we look at the the whole the whole person we look at the whole family we look at the relationships and we're also looking at release forms and the consents and we're also looking at what's best for the person and how can we incorporate and collaborate with all the fields and, and, and any way to help, help the person. So beautiful. So with that, what are some of the benefits therapy can have? Good question. Go
1: ahead. Yeah. I know you. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. I can, I can start a little bit. Um, really. I think, it's it can have a variety of benefits depending on the person. Um, And a lot of it comes from uh, learning new skills uh, to help cope with whatever those situations or stress um, or interacting in their relationships. Um, So the kind of coping skills is one piece. Um, And another bigger piece I think uh, is kind of having a deeper change. that comes with a better understanding, I guess, of yourself um, and where you fit into your
0: system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the coping definitely and the finding how we fit in. I love how you said that. How do we fit into our system and where am I in my system? Like my own individual system, my relational system, my cultural system, where I grew up it's, it's all, it's, it's all part of it. The social stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I, am curious about the times lately. We talked a little bit about COVID and how we've gone from in-person. I think when you guys were in school, you were probably practicing more in-person therapy. And then when COVID hit, you transitioned and you started doing more telehealth um, I myself has have never done in person therapy um, as a practicing M- MFT because I just started my practicum this last year, so I've only done telehealth. And um, I'm curious from a, a client standpoint too, as people are, we're in a mental health crisis, and as people are seeking services, what can they expect from telehealth, and and how can they you know get the best out of it, you know, how can it be very useful for them?
1: Um, I'll take that question. I, I think that's a good question, and um, I think it's also interesting. You know, we like mentioned there's a lot of therapists that are going into um, into working with clients over telehealth and not having that experience. Um, we were very fortunate to have both in-person and uh, telehealth experience. Um, but what we really value about going into telehealth and and working through it is. Um, we've we've been hearing from clients that it gives them that sense of safety. Where they they get to be at home, they get to be in the comfort of their space while they're talking. Um, especially with rural clients, people that maybe it's harder to uh, commute. Um, it's giving them a benefit to really get those services without having the stress of sitting in traffic, rushing from work. Um, you know, picking up their kids from school, running home, and then coming to therapy. So we really value that. Um, but it, we really want to emphasize that when it comes to the health, that importance that so we know that people are at home. So, really making that space safe, making it quiet, making it um, a space that they feel comfortable sharing or talking about the problems that, um, that bring them to therapy, as well as finding the space in their house that they can leave and leave that problem behind as well. We know that, that um, you know, in a lot of studies have shown where you kind of do a lot of stuff, it tends to associate with that area. So you say, don't be on your phone, where you're in bed, and you kind of have that, your brain gets really active when you're in bed. Um, so we really want to emphasize for clients to find a space that makes it the safe and comfortable, quiet um, for the sessions, but also that they're able to um, walk away from and,
2: and have that room to uh, the practice of self-care. And just to add on to that, um, one more added benefit of you know being able to see clients um you know via telehealth is you know for our practice at least we're able to also see clients on the neighboring islands um so that's another huge thing because you know although you know we are based on oahu um it is very convenient to be able to have clients from Kauai, from maui um you know from the big island as well so that's another very huge benefit of of being able to
0: do our practice through telehealth as well. Yeah, especially with the great need out there right now that people don't have to choose exactly where they get a a practitioner from. They can kind of expand their horizons a little bit more. Um, And I, I think before before I go into like the difference between licensed and pre-licensed I do want to I was wondering are you guys gonna transition into in person anytime soon or are you gonna stick with telehealth for a while
2: right
1: now we're really basing that around um, covid and the governor's ordinances and, and appropriation of feedback in person we really value the safety especially if we work with families we want to make sure families are safe um, and I think that's been a big part of area by covid is families that um, that are using multiple members. Um, so, we really want to make sure that people are being safe. So, right now we're sticking to um, telehealth. Um, but we do hope that once um, the numbers start to go down, as we move down into the tiers, that we will get to a space that we can do in person. We do know that people value that in person um, benefit as well. Um, and we want to keep the telehealth open as well, like Michael um, like said. Um, and I think it goes back to your question you asked earlier why why to few partners? why do we want that name? Because we want to expand to Hawaii. You don't want to be a Wahoo therapy partner, you want to be Hawaii therapy Partners, and mm-hmm. working in partnership with um, anyone that would like services within, within the state.
0: So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, so I think what I was going with is like the pre-license versus license is that you can work throughout the whole state as a licensed or pre-licensed therapist, but depending on which state you are licensed in, that's who you have to work with. So like, a I if I'm licensed, I, in Hawaii, I can't work with someone in California, a client in California. Um, what other differences are there in a pre-licensed and a licensed therapist that you could describe? Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: sure. Um, so kind of first and foremost, um, one of the big differences between, uh, pre-licensed and licensed is, um, for us pre-licensed therapists, um, we only are able to charge cash and credit, um, as opposed to, you know, if you're a licensed therapist, then you can bill insurance as well. So, um, you know, we as as practitioners for HTP, we do have a pretty extensive uh, referral list as well of of very, um, you know, great therapists that are licensed. So um, that's, you know, one way that we've connected with other um, practitioners and, you know, fitting the needs of our clients um, know if if a client is looking to use their insurance then you know we have um, good referrals for them as well and then another thing um, would be that during this time it is assumed that while we're working towards licensure we're um, undergoing supervision um, and that's from a licensed uh, professional as well so um,
1: yeah I I can share a little bit more kind of the process of um, how to become licensed. Uh, basically for MFTs, um, after we complete our master's program um, that includes an internship with a number of direct client hours, um, we have to wait a minimum of two years after graduation. And during that time, um, continue to gather, um, I believe it's 1,000 uh, direct client hours. Um, Along with a certain number of supervision hours, that um, at the end of that two-year period, two-year minimum period, uh, then we can take a test, become licensed. Yeah. So that's kind of the process that we we're working towards and wanted to um, to start this while we were in that, rather than waiting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, no need to wait. You have your practice. You can. You can start practicing anytime and get your hours going. And how far are you into your process towards licensure? Are you a year in, a year and a half in? About a year in. I think we're, we're, we're
1: hoping to be licensed by next summer, um, which would be really exciting. Uh, but we also are, you know, we know we're licensed. And, you know, it takes a credentialing process to get the uh, insurance company. We, we still are going to value that. Um, that option for self-pay because we do see that there, I think that's the other part that we really try to cover is um the, the benefits of self-pay. And um, oftentimes we see that insurance it limits the number of sessions that you can have, or you're contained to um only being able to work so often in a month or you know, for so many months. So with the self-pay, um, we really try to emphasize that this is your you get to choose how often you want to be a therapist, you get to choose how long you want to be a good therapist. And we, we really value trying to work within uh, people's income levels to help make sure that we're not adding additional strain on their finances. Um, we want to make sure that um, we make the service available and beneficial for them without being stressed about, about the, the cost of it. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and you also offer a one hour consultation, a free consultation before they even begin therapy. So talk a little bit more about that one hour consultation and and what are some things that a client should be um, potentially prepared for, for that?
2: Um, well, for our one, one hour free consultation, um, we like to use this space as, you know, kind of getting to know the therapist and, you know, vice versa, um, getting to know the client as well. Um, but for our clients, we like to, you know, stress if there is any kind of um, questions that you may have or any kind of, we like to think of it, Somewhat as like an interviewing of your therapist, basically, um so you really do want to make sure that it's a good fit um and you know we do offer the ability to meet with you know one of one of us, even any of us, um so you can get a chance to really get to know our styles or our personalities and see if it's the right fit for you mm-hmm
0: yeah i I think um part of what you're talking about too in interviewing the therapist is such an interesting idea because we don't do a lot of self-disclosure as therapists. So giving them that opportunity to even get to know you before they commit to something like therapy, if they have never done therapy can be a really uh, empowering situation. So thanks for doing that. Uh, I'm wondering about the cases that you guys have seen uh, in your year with the, with HTP and with um, getting going with your licensure process and uh, maybe even before, if you want to talk about your internship during your master's program, but um, what, what kind of um, clients have you, have you had and um, what kind of um, uh, and any any issues that you've seen come up with the clients?
1: Yeah, I can talk a little bit. Um, of course, this isn't. I'm going to be speaking very generally, um, but um, a lot of times, what brings people to therapy is when uh, whatever their situation is causes them <clears throat> too much stress, and that they don't know what to do anymore in that situation. Um, Everybody tries, um, I'm sure as hard as they can with the skills that they do know. Um, but when they get to that point where they do need that extra help, um, it's usually when we see them. So um, especially recently, there's definitely a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of um, depression from being isolated. Um, and I think Within relationships this is just kind of something that generally happens but um, meantime there's kind of a, a change in the situation um, like a lot of big life events things like uh, things like a marriage things like a new child um, those situations tend to bring up um, more um, right more of those, issues that are in the relationship um so i think with the the change that everybody's had to deal with um that's brought kind of a lot of issues to the surface for many people in their in their relationships so um that's just kind of some of the general things that we see that bring people to looking for help
0: You know, I'm curious. Did you guys see a change happen from pre-COVID time to COVID time with the kinds of issues, or, or like you're talking about, Daniel? It just kind of the same things were there, but just came to the surface more so. Yeah,
1: I think we we definitely saw there was a, a, a rise in that because it was more exemplified from being stuck inside, um, especially with isolation um, and and couples problem. we often think of couples, they go to work, they have their day, or they're separated from home, and for a good portion of the last year, people were at home together for longer periods of time um, and, and had a stress on top of that, where it was people were losing jobs, their finances were um, being completely undone, um, their kids were being uh, at home with them, um, having to do online my school, which from what I've heard is just... Not been the easiest thing for a lot of people to work into. So I think there's just coupled with a lot of additional stressors being in, um, that kind of exemplified the homes. Um, but it seems that as we're moving back into a little bit of normality, we're seeing as people saw those problems, that they recognize them and they want to, to kind of make that shift to making sure that the relationship stays healthy or identifying things that maybe were brought up during.
0: absolutely. It brings a lot to the surface when we're isolated and in confined spaces with people for a very long time. So I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, From your perspective, what is the most effective way to have long lasting change after seeing a therapist or some sort of lasting change?
2: Well, we like to think of um, therapy as not only Time to for clients to come and work with work on themselves, but also you know therapy can be beneficial in you know, just doing like a checkup session um, or you know a check-in session rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not necessarily that you have to be working hard in each session, but you know a, a check-in session would be great after meeting with a therapist for a you know continued amount of time, um, just to kind of see how you're doing and seeing if you're still utilizing those skills um, that you may have worked on in session with your therapist, um, and just making sure that those are lasting changes that you're holding onto that perspective, holding onto these new skills and applying it to your life, um, Mm -hmm. you guys. Yeah, yeah, so definitely with those skills that
1: are built up, um, and I think another, another part of it to kind of create that lasting change is, um, Is really having that understanding, um, that better understanding of themselves, like why why when this happens, do they feel this way? And how do they respond to that? Um, and how will that impact your relationships? Mm. Right. So having that better insight into yourself um, is really another way that can create that change um, that lasts. Past, past your time in therapy mm-hmm. um, but I would also just kind of say that a lot of i think I think this is definitely a common thing that people will think of uh, therapy as a treatment that lasts a certain time and there's an end result um, but really it's more about um, it's it's a process of changing um, it's not something that really and and change is something that, right, self-improvement and change is something that continues throughout your whole life. So um, if there ever is a time where you feel like you do need to go back to therapy because of, um, even if it is the same issue, um, there's nothing wrong with that because that's just kind of the process that we all
0: go through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a ever evolving way of living, right? We, we kind of dig things up, it clears out, and then it might come up a little bit more a little bit later on, depending on circumstance and situation. And um, one thing that my professor told me when I first started this program was the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if we can kind of look at like a process of one thing, we can help in our whole process of, of everything that we do and, and, in some way so it can shape and shift the way we operate in life. So yeah, I, I appreciate your perspectives. Um, as we wrap up, I thought this last question, maybe each of you could take a turn and, and talk about, um, talk about your value of therapy. What is the value of therapy to you and how do you work to incorporate it into your work or your life? That's a good question. (laughs) I think that
1: it doesn't come with an easy answer. Um, I I find therapy and, you know, I kind of self-disclosure. I I myself have been in therapy from when I was younger and I'm in therapy right now because the value to me is you get a safe space to explore yourself, explore your relationship, explore, um, like you said, that system that you're in, whether it's your individual system or um, family system, relationships work system you know there's so many different systems that we can exist in um, and it gives that space to, to confidently explore that and also for therapists to, to kind of bring in a perspective or, or help you to see what different perspectives there are that maybe you're missing um along with that i really value um, the support and uh that validation that i get when i'm in therapy and i really try to bring that well, i really try to help validate people's feelings validate their thoughts concerns um and the reason i got into therapy was because i know that people there are some people that um, that lack that support or um, they maybe just don't have that healthy validation in their life so so providing that so they know what it feels like and how to search for that when they're outside of the session how to you know therapy is only for an hour um, maybe once week, maybe once a month um so to to really carry that out into their outer world and continue that um, that feeling of feeling good and making that progress, in life and growth. Uh, that's what I really value and try to
0: bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think a big component of therapy, or something that you know, I really value in therapy, um, is kind of the the self realization and kind of as Colin mentioned, kind of getting to know. The intricate ways that your mind um thinks and you know the ways that you relate to people the ways that you know you go about um you know every day in your life and what i think is that you know we are inherently social beings you know human beings are very social and we're supposed to be social in that sense and having that connection to someone where you're able to kind of just share your thoughts and really connect with them is it's It's so valuable, and I think that not everyone has that opportunity to have that kind of connection with someone um, that they feel, you know, safe, or they feel is an objective party that you know won't judge them, Um, and just to be able to really talk talk things through is um, something that you know is very valuable to therapy. Um, I'd say, um, yeah, I think that's. It's my thoughts on the values of therapy, at least.
0: Thanks.
1: Yeah, for me, um, I mean, of course, I kind of have similarities to I'm both Colin and Micah. Um, and I, I think, for me, I would focus on the value of therapy as being, um, as being that place where uh, you can have this very different type of relationship. Um, right where that where you are supported, where that is uh, where the focus is on you and the positive uh, that positive regard, um, just sharing that with um, with the client, and I think um, something that I have kind of heard from. Um, From my mentors in the past too is part of what makes therapy special is that um, so often in our relationships um, when we when we speak with other people it's always about um, basically they're they're just waiting for you to stop talking so that they can talk right so they can share what they want Um, and in therapy. It's, it's very different because um, this isn't, well, for most people, it's, it's not about sharing their point of view, right? It's about understanding, um, showing that support and hearing whatever the client is saying. Um, and I think that's, that's something that I really um, try to incorporate into into my um,
0: practice with, with people. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much. That was, that was wonderful. And okay. So final, final question, because I want you guys to each highlight your expertise and your niche and your focus. So, because I, I think it's important for people to know this. And so if you want to just tell everybody um, kind of your your client, uh, your your person who you fo- are focusing in on um, to help and to make change in the world. Who who is that for you? Who are you most
1: curious about hearing their answer from?
0: <laughs> mm, I know. Well, Colin, since you spoke up first, I think it's your turn. I
2: tend to be the one that speaks the most. So. <laughs> um, uh, for me, you know, the clientele. That I- I think in general, just working
1: with, um, you know, individuals, couples, or families, obviously, but um, the population that are really, deep, that I, you know, I've talked a little bit about the population, with. the population I hope to work more with is the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I think that that, uh, as a gay man myself, I think that's um, an area that is not a lot of people that can be on that same uh, experience level that are therapists, um, I think there are great therapists out there that do great work, and um, trying to educate themselves as much as possible. But there definitely is a relational part um, that understanding certain struggles that uh, other people have gone through, um, and so that's that's really the, the population I want to work with. And I've really kind of gotten into a lot of learning more about um, uh, working with relationships, but particularly with polyamorous relationships. And I think that's something that's coming a lot more. Um, in in the community but also just in society as well. Um, so I think that is a uh, an interest in, that I have to work with as well as polyamorous um, couples two plus couples, individuals and families um, uh, doing doing some sort of support work but also just processing um, a lot of a lot of uh, different struggles that have been
0: faced by the mm-hmm. thanks yeah mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'll hop in next, I guess, um, for me, I think um, my focus is really on working with, um, and especially couples, but families kind of in critical transition points. So, I mean, especially with, um, with new children, um, I think is really where I want to be working uh, because I think one, it's uh, a time that comes with tremendous change um, and a lot of stress, along with that change. Um, and if I can be there to uh, kind of help, help support them, um, both as the people in that couple, um, but also to help them understand, really. And strengthen their relationship. Understand how how to do that. Um, I think that has a huge impact on um, not just them, but their their new member of their family, and how that family continues um, continues to grow up
2: and develop. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah,
2: and for uh, me personally. Um, you know, a lot of my experience that I spoke about earlier was, you know, with adolescents and, you know, the younger kiddo age. Um, So for me personally, I like to kind of, I guess my ideal client or the population that I like to work with most is kind of the adolescent to young adult age. Um, You know, adolescents, you know, they don't have a whole lot of life experience under their belt. Um, And I think it's really interesting that, you know they're able to share and if you're able to connect with an adolescent you know if you're really to really able to build that rapport with the adolescent it's um you know they can be an open book and they're very honest and you know they there's a lot that you can um get from an adolescent working with them and with uh young adults i think because you know relationships are so new to young adults um and you know at that same time as daniel mentioned as well you know there's a bunch of transitions that they're going through. Um, it, I think that's kind of the focus on on um, how to go about and how to move forward in these new transitions in life and um, kind of how to work on those relationships in moving forward. So those are the kind of the populations that I like to work with.
0: Amazing, thank you. You each have your own little, Special perspective, and I I think that it's a very well-rounded practice that you have, and that you're creating and cultivating. And um, I love that we got the opportunity to talk and highlight what you're doing, and share it with the state, and share it with the world. Um, so thank you, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your time, your thoughts, and your energy here.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time to meet with us and ask this question and have us on your wonderful show.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're welcome.
1: I'm forward to have all this connecting and talking to you um, <laughs> more in the future, mm-hmm. so, as well as any other providers that might be the same behavior Your podcast we we are always open to uh, to building those referral networks, and if anyone would like to reach out to us, um, we do consult it's not consultation, but we do do a Zoom meetings right now um, with other providers.
0: Good. Yes, we didn't even get to talk about the collaboration efforts that you guys are doing, but let's go ahead and and I'll I'll make sure to put in the show notes all about what you're doing and then um, let us know where you can where we can find you right now. You guys are on, on Instagram, right? Anything else?
2: Yes. You're our social media person, I guess. So, so our main line um, for you know phone calls or any kind of inquiries is uh, 808-460-3700. And then our Instagram, and as you mentioned, and actually our website is uh high therapeutic partners. That's hitherapeuticpartners.com. And then um, our we have only Instagram and I think we're well, you can find us on uh, psychology today as well by our individual names, um, Colin Moore, uh, Daniel Chow and Michael Kobayashi. And then we have a Facebook page as well. Um, which is just, I believe, quite therapeutic partners. Yeah, and um, our Instagram is at high therapeutic partners.
0: Perfect, thank you so much,
2: thank you, Christy.